This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Browns fans, now cover two, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. All right, we're live, guys. The Browns pull out a thriller at Paul Brown Stadium this afternoon. I, it's now evening, but, you know, 37, 34. Yeah, I'm a bit dazed and confused right now. And a gutsy performance well, it was beyond gutsy by Baker Mayfield to, to flip the way he did. Lots of guys stepping up from the background to uh, basically do their jobs. They're pretty nonchalant about it, too. And just a whole bunch of stuff to like. And one thing I think still needs addressed. But that's a that's another topic. At any rate, what about Baker in this game, guys? What say we about Baker today after he starts 0 for 5 in the first quarter? Marla? Well, I really – I'm still trying to figure out what happened to him, but it was the old Baker Mayfield just came out of nowhere after a horrible start. I mean, I'm think you know, it's looking like he's going to be yanked again. Um, and my takeaway was he found himself, and I – you know, who knows how, maybe it's people that encouraged him during the week. Maybe somebody said something on the sideline. I mean, you're not going to totally explain it, but that was the Baker Mayfield they drafted and we haven't seen virtually all season. I mean, the, the 21 consecutive completions, I mean, part of me didn't think we were going to see that again, just because of how his gunslinger, especially not from him. I mean, that's, Bernie Kozar and Kelly Holcomb held the record of 16. So that, and the gunslinger, the Baker is, didn't even seem to be, that's not his MO, but he showed me some toughness and really, I mean, I'm not ready to say that he's proved that he's going to get this big time extension, but it was a huge stunning transformation when you couldn't have virtually started any worse. Steve, I heard the Browns pulled up a, a game post you wrote on the Microsoft Surface and showed it to Baker on the sideline. <laughs> Nate, uh, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, unless it would be to uh, uh, reference the column, uh, the mini column, in-game column I kind of wrote, a uh, six-inch uh, piece uh, saying uh, Yank May- they should have yanked uh, Mayfield uh, before the uh, the Pittsburgh game and certainly should not, not have started them today and should have waited until uh, after uh, after the bye to play him again. Now, in my defense, here I'm going to go off camera a little bit. So, <laughs> that all those arrows have, have gone by now. But uh, I, I said, ben, you know, not not bench him, but uh, let him rest up and heal psychologically and physically until after the bye. <laughs> and it was funny, you know, I uh, pushed the button on that one, and it, uh, it got out uh, right exactly when his uh, twenty pass streak began. So. You know, some of us has some laughs about that. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm, 
Uh, I'm not going to apologize for writing that. I, I, I thought that at that at the time, and and uh, I guess I'd be really stupid to to think it now because he wants to play and prove that he, he could play. But Marla, to your point, uh, uh, how did Mayfield find himself? I think um, I have a pretty good idea why. And one of the things I was focusing on as the game progressed was the pass rush. Of course, last week against Pittsburgh, it was just miserable uh, from his perspective. I mean, uh, you know, the the, the only uh, the only thing uh, he saw all all afternoon was the breath of, of a Steeler. Today, uh, I, I noticed that the turning point was he had good protection on a pass to Bryant, and he overthrew him by about twenty yards. It was a terrible pass. He had good product, protection. He rushed him. It's almost like at that moment he had an epiphany and said, dang, the protection was there. And he said this after the game. He said, I need to trust the protection. I think from that moment on, part of his game was he began to trust the protection, took a deep breath, and that that might uh, be, it is in my mind, possibly where he found himself today. You know, somebody brought up an interesting question on that. Did, did the play calling change from the first quarter on? Does anyone think, did anyone notice that? Where Where yeah. – Definitely the, changed, George. The, where short, the ball was passes. getting more quicker and shorter passes, yep. Okay. Short, quick passes, and in, in, in the past, when Mayfield's uh, been successful, it's when the play calling has kind of taken the rush away from him by by nature and uh, given him uh, a, a game flow that is conducive to his talents. And Steve, obviously, I'm I'm kidding with you about lighting the fire, but you, you you're you're right about the timing of it and. I think that I, I agree with you at the beginning of the game. I mean, it was awful. The first pass for the second game in a row was an interception. He was over five in the first quarter. Uh, first time uh, the Browns failed to complete a pass in the opening quarter since, what was it, George, 2017 season finale, Deshaun Kaiser playing the Steelers. So yeah. ESPN stats and info nugget for you, by the way. I want to credit them. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the bottom line is, we found out today that he's been playing with a cracked rib. We knew chest slash rib, whole right side was messed up. Well, cracked rib uh, came out today uh, in the broadcast, and he looked in the first quarter like a guy playing through a cracked rib. And then all of a sudden, it was like the cracked rib didn't matter anymore. So, I mean, I give him a ton of Let credit. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you the fact that they was hurt on the interception had anything to do with the play calling changing? Hmm, that's a good question. That's a darn good question. I, 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 yeah, I don't think chicken so. and egg thing. He, he took <laughs> a few. He no, he took a few shots after that. He took a few deep shots after that. So maybe he made more of an effort. And the one thing I don't know if you guys noticed on that pick, he had no air under it. There was zero air under it. So it was a gift for for Darius Phillips of the Bengals on, on that interception. He got no air under it. And I, 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 it looked to me like he underthrew it. So, you know. And of course, Baker said he had to get Phillips back and he completed the, the, the defining passes over Phillips in the game winning drive, including the, the touchdown pass to, to Donovan Peoples Jones. And then a couple of plays earlier, the 30 yarder to Higgins, um, just an amazing turn. I don't know if I've seen an in-game turnaround quite like it. Especially from a Browns quarterback. I mean, the only thing I can think of is the what the greatest comeback ever when I was in Buffalo against Houston. I think that was 
almost as but I mean I I've never seen him from the Browns. I mean I, it's almost as if he felt his career slipping away, and he, he pulled it back. It, it was it was weird. That's dramatic, but I don't necessarily disagree. But <laughs> <laughs> so much pressure. He was such a target of rampant criticism. He came out looking like a dud again, and and I don't know if it was just like, hey, I've got, I, I'm going to cut it loose or whatever. The play calling, I think, I agree with Steve, definitely helped. But man, I mean, just a, just he flipped the switch, and and it was nuts. And the Bengals aren't world beaters, we know that, so that helps. But you got to give Mayfield credit, and I do. All right. Talk about. What's what? What's he gonna do without OBJ? Because we have no clarity on how severe that injury is at at this point. The Browns are fearful, apparently, that it's it's serious. Yeah, yeah they're fearf- they're fear fearful. It's serious. Um, I asked Kevin Stefanski in the room after the game if it involves the ACL because usually the medical staff is able to move your. I've had a torn ACL. Move your uh, leg around, and they're able to tell. You know, if your if your knee moves a certain way, then uh, you know you're you're probably uh, with a torn ACL, and then they have an MRI to confirm it. Well, Stefanski said he didn't want to speculate at all uh, until the MRI. You know, and the MRI is tomorrow morning, so that's where we're at. But Brown's teammates of of, of Beckham talked in somber tones about him, so it's a great question of what they're going to do without him. Uh, Jarvis Landry's playing through a broken rib of his own, and Mayfield confirmed that those two are in the hospital from safe distance, he said, in the COVID era, getting ribs checked out together after the, the week five game against the Colts. Obviously, we can talk about the other guys who stepped up today, though. Oh, and, and see, that's that that's kind of heartening because we've seen Richard Higgins in the past flash just a wee bit. And now he's getting his opportunity, and he has that that he's always had that chemistry with Baker. He, I think he 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 had over a hundred yards receiving today. He did, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. So, you know that bodes well because let let's face it: is there a lot of tape out on Higgins? Probably not. Um, and, and there's that chemistry factor. Um, and then you have you have um, Donovan Peoples Jones who just stepped up out of the blue, and you know Ohio State Michigan. You got to appreciate what he did today. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> well, obviously they don't have anybody that can make the acrobatic plays that Odell can make, but I do feel like some of these young guys are hungry and ready to try to make a name for themselves. Um, obviously, it's, like I said, it's a different skill set, but that doesn't mean it can't work. Guys, I see this a little bit as a, a sequel to 2014, one of the few moments in the expansion era when the Browns got off to a good start, when the season uh, along about this time was uh, anything close to relevant. But you uh, all will recall that in 2014, the Browns didn't just beat the Steelers. They kicked their butts. And in that game, they improved to 5-3. and three. However, in that game, they also lost Kevin Mack. I think it was right before the end of the first half. 
But they finished out the second half maybe on an adrenaline rush or whatever it was, but they finished off one of the better games that, that they played since 1999 in beating the Steelers, but incurring a very serious and strategically important injury uh, during the game. Today, they improved to 6-2, and two, but they lose uh, OBJ, in, in this case very early in the game, before they had a chance to uh, establish anything. But the, the question to me would be, were they playing somewhat on adrenaline, uh, knowing that uh, in in the moment, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, all guns had to be firing, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, Hollywood was playing on adrenaline, and the, the the whole team was. But but now, as you mentioned, George, uh, the other team gets a look at uh, film and so forth. Did the other teams adjust, as the other teams eventually did in 2014, and the loss of a center caught up with the Browns, and they had a terrible finish. <laughs> So I, I see a lot of parallels. Yeah, you know what's interesting is uh, we're gonna we're gonna see this play out. Odell's gonna, I'm sure, gonna miss some time. The way they're talking about, it. just we have to wait to find out how much. But you know, Nick Chubb's already out with a knee injury, and you know, they're looking to get him back sooner and later. But it's been you know a few weeks and. Oh, now with OBJ going out, you lose another explosive home run hitter. You know, the guy who can take the end around 50 yards for a touchdown against the Cowboys to win you the game. Um, but the what I could see happening is I could see Baker get in on a roll, using this game to parlay future success here in this stretch. But they have some some teams that aren't aren't, you know, the world beaters that the Ravens and Steelers are. And um, I could see Baker stringing together some good games. And then the talk is, well, is he actually better off without Odell because he's not burdened by having to get him the ball? That's so, already started. Oh. Okay. So if it's already started, then uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you could see that. Because I mean, I think that is an interesting way to look at it. You're obviously losing an ultra-talented player. We Again, the Cowboys game, he took over three touchdowns. Um, he can win you a game like that. Um, but does the offense flow better without him? I don't know. I mean, we're going we're gonna to see life without him here for, for at least some time. Let me shoot one other 2014 thought. I, I, now that you make that point, Nate, but the, the, uh, the Browns uh, that year were 7-4 and four at one point. And then they got uh, ultra-talented uh, Josh Gordon back, and they tanked. Uh, coinciding with the return of, uh, of, of Gordon. So I, I'm not uh, not comparing uh, Odell Beckham and, uh, and Josh Gordon in terms of uh, their influence in the locker room and that sort of thing, but uh, that happened. The Browns were, in 2014, were supposed to be uh, you know, great guns when they got Gordon back, and they were just the opposite. And they, I, I remember, and in this case, you would have thought that there would have been a real problem. Yeah. I remember Hoyer trying to force the ball to Gordon a lot when he got back. He was force feeding him everything. It wasn't a pretty sight. So you you want to go to 2014, Back to the Future, when they seem relevant? They're five and two right now. What's that mean in the grand scheme of things right now? Well, I mean, to me, Kevin Stefanski uh, has a way of getting these guys to focus and, and bounce back from these blowout losses. They did it twice against the Bengals. I mean, they were. We talk about Baker being resilient in this game. But the whole team was really resilient within this game, um, and and it, it centers around him. But 
you know, they came back from an early deficit and, you know, 38-7 last week to the Steelers. <laughs> they faced questions about it all week and and they, they, they bounced back with a win on the road. So I think it's significant. And, and now they have the Raiders uh, and then the bye. So six and two is, uh, is right there for them before the bye. And, and I, I could have never predicted six and two at the bye. So they have a shot at it. You had something, Steve. Just the thought, George, that uh, five and two, uh, uh, who knows what it, and we're, we're figuring out at this moment, uh, George, what it means because the Browns have not been five and two in the expansion era. Their best uh, records were four and three. I think, uh, there were three different times. Uh, Petten had one of the uh, four and threes. Uh, Butch had um, one of the four and threes. Uh, uh, Might have been Romeo with the other one, but there, there have only been three of those, but there, there have been none of these, five and two. So, uh, no, it's uh, 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 happy days are here again, okay? Uh, ask your great-grandfather to uh, put that one on uh, your 78 RPM and play that. Look, I'm from the Eros turntable. <laughs> friend. I know what a 78 RPM is. I still have my turntable in the basement too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marla, where are you at with five and two? Big picture. Big picture. I I'm I still don't I still don't think they can I think they can get a wild card bid if they can, you know, if Baker can, you know, take off from here. I don't think they can win a wild card game without fixing this defense. Um, uh, I mean, but I feel good about where they are and the fact that they will have a chance to make the playoffs for the first time since 2002. I don't know if I, right now I don't feel great about him winning a playoff game, but maybe when Nick Chubb comes back, that'll change my mind. Look at how this schedule sets up. You got, you got Vegas. That feels weird to say you got the Texans who haven't been, Let's let's use the word consistent, and then you have uh, Eagles and Jaguars. Yeah, the Eagles in the least of the East in the the NFC. Yeah, your next real daunting task is, um, you know, it's not until December sixth, Tennessee. You have, then you have Tennessee, Baltimore. Then you have the Giants and the Jets. You should win those on paper. They're going to be favored, and then the Steelers to finish. So. I count three really tough games left. But here's a question. Is, is it conceivable they're nine and two? Oh, my God. Maybe burning down downtown if that happens. <laughs> I mean, we're not I mean, going to end on this note because we're going long, but is it conceivable the way it lines up that they're nine and two? Yeah. I mean, they're five and two now. In the next four, yeah, come before that Tennessee game. But I got a thing about Houston and Philly. I think they're deceiving. They're they're both coming to Cleveland, but I'm probably not going to pick the Browns in both those games. I've got a lot of Deshaun Watson respect. Um, I know they they fired the coach and everything. Romeo's there as the interim, but um, I think that they're. I think one of those is going to be more dangerous than than you think it is on paper, just looking at records. You know, I, I, I don't disagree. I think Philadelphia is one of those gotcha games because 
because Carson Wentz sh- showed this past week what he's still capable of doing. I'm just it's it's just weird thinking about it in a in a universe that's not the Bizarro universe. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. There's a young people's reference for you, Steve. Bizarro universe. <laughs> okay, thanks, sure. No, I, I think it comes down to May, Mayfield and the play calling. I, I thought today, of course, uh, we're, we'll all agree it was one of the weaker defenses they're going to face. But uh, uh, against uh, average to lesser defenses, to me, those those winnable games, they will win if they build on this combination of Mayfield response to the play calling that suits him. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, they, George, I, 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 or Nate, I agree with you that the, the Philly and the Houston games are daunting. But I think they're both are, are very winnable. I, I might pick the Browns in, in both of those winnable. If, if in this next game against Oakland, if Mayfield plays and he's healthy and he, he looks good and the play calling seems to suit him again, I'll probably wind up picking the Browns in those games because I think that's the key to the whole team, Mayfield. Oh, we in an agreement with something. All right. Yeah, we all agree. We, we have stories to write, people. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week after – the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. That's just so bizarre. At any rate, after the Raiders come to town. Thanks for tuning in. Until then.